Welcome to the Two C's and a Pod podcast. The main Chris is back in the realms of hosting this week. Back in the saddle. <laughs> back in the he, saddle again. Now y'all actually will have a good host this time. <laughs> no, no, you did a good job. No, apparently not, because you know I forgot to say. Do you didn't say it either? I didn't say I didn't say welcome back to Two C's and a Pod podcast presented you, by Macedonia Baptist there Church. There it is. There we go. Look at that hypocrite. I'm talking about hypocrite hypocrites last week. Last week. Well, same week. We're recording this a week early because um, we're just assuming that you're going to do a fantastic job on preaching this week, and <laughs> that we nothing left. Um, I'll be, no, yeah, Chris but, will be out yeah. in Orlando. By the time this drops, I'll be in good old sunny Florida, mm-hmm. uh, sitting in uh, the Youth Pastor Summit Conference. Yeah. At First Baptist Church in Orlando. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to seeing some uh, some people there. Yeah. Because you're like an extrovert. You'll probably be all like making new friends. That's it. Like you're going to be networking. That's it. I'm going to be spreading the podcast. Spreading the podcast. <laughs> it's going to get bigger than ever. Like I'm waiting for like a 100% jump. It- that's no, week. no, it's it's definitely gonna happen. Definitely gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, they already know that I'm coming and the notoriety that I have. It is. Yeah. Uh, they they they're having a red carpet uh, laid out for me when I get there. Um. They're picking us up from the plane in a limousine. Um, so we, we've got that going for us, uh, Courtney and I. I mean, re- I mean, that's it. And really, we should have, you know, worked it out. Maybe if I had gone too, we could have done it live. Live from the from Youth Pastor Summit. Youth Pastor Summit yeah. from Orlando, Florida. But right. maybe that'll be next year when we get a little bit more notoriety. I, I, think, I think we do. I think, we, yeah, our notoriety has to build first. Because no, remember, notoriety is key in sharing the gospel. The that gospel. is a lie. That, that is a lie. Please, that is a joke. That's a little bit of an inside joke. Yeah, um, but I, I do think I do think uh, in the future, conferences will have some. Uh, so we we go to the uh, convention. Yes, it. We're this gonna, year's North Carolina Baptist Convention. Yeah, it's gonna be. We're, we're gonna we're gonna go in there and just interview everybody. Seriously, we need to do. I think we talked about. It, we need to do a live yeah. from there one time. That, that's Not it. live, but record, record there. The, I think we're, we can take the stuff. We can take the stuff, and then we and, can just. Like pick out some random dude and walk yeah. him down and be like, "Hey, dude, come here." He's gonna have like bad theology. <laughs> no, only only know Jesus by name. Like that's, that's <laughs> it. Like he, he's not even at the conference. <laughs> he's like this some random dude like in the hotel. Yeah. So so what you're getting today? You're getting some fresh insights. So you're getting what Chris and I do throughout the week as we look at scripture and kind of walk through it and talk about it. Yeah, uh, you've done a little bit of prep. Yeah, I've been doing some prep, did a lot of reading yesterday, and I've uh, been looking at the text, and uh, I'm trying to outline it, get it together, stuff yeah. like that. So. And I've, I've done a little bit of prep for this passage, because <laughs> up until a couple weeks ago, I was preaching this passage. Right. And then, then we, I just we, had a, we had to switch around this. I'm yeah. not going to throw you under the bus just that hard. Just do it. I, you decided that... You wanted to cut some stuff and make make, make a, one a, sermon two one sermons. sermon two sermons. Mm-hmm. Now, given the fact that associate pastor did uh, two uh, one sermon out of what you did two sermons with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm just I don't know what to say about. I that. mean, and you did it with what 39 minutes. Not not when I did that one. That oh, one, no, that no. one was fifty. Oh, you're talking about? Oh yeah 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 yeah. I took that and was like, yeah, we're gonna have to go too. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it was it was packed full of stuff, and we still missed 
a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that... Spe- speaking of missing a lot, though, with this transition that I'm trying right now, okay? Just sliding it under. Uh, do you think we miss a lot when we get woke? Get woke. Get woke. <laughs> Maybe that was a bad transition. Yeah. Hey. Do we miss a lot when we, we get miss woke? Do we miss a lot when we get woke? Now, before everybody like loses their mind. Like, cancel. Cancel. We're getting CRT. woke. CRT. CRT. <laughs> well, we're actually talking about in this text, uh, at the end of uh, verse 14, the last verse of uh, what I'm going to be preaching, it says... Uh, therefore, it says, "Awake, O sleeper, and arise from mm. the dead, and Christ will shine on you." And I was sitting there joking yesterday. Get woke. Get woke. We need to get woke. That's that's it. Uh, th- this but who wakes us? Christ. 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 And that, that's that's who always wakes us. He wakes us from being dead. Mm. Right, right. Yes. And then when we physically die, he's going to wake us then. And, yes. And cause us to go into that's heaven with wokeness. him. That's true wokeness. <laughs> The bad, the true and better wokeness. <laughs> the true and better wokeness. Is that because that's what we as preachers say that Jesus is the true and better, you know, this, which is true, right? right? right. He's, he, he's the better Chris. He's, uh, that's it. <laughs> he's he's the better Moses. No, no, he's a yeah, whole he's lot a, better. He's a whole lot better than me. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead better, and right? throw that out. He right is the now. he is the true and better fulfillment of David's reign. You know, <laughs> you know. So that yeah, we say that, and then he is the true and better bread. Right. And he is the and he is the true and better light. He and, is the light. He and, is the light. And it's true. And, and it's it's something that we need to continue to remember mm-hmm. um, while we're doing. He's better than anything that we have. Mm-hmm. And in in that context of him being better than anything that we have, that helps us needing hope. Right. Mm. He's he's a better dad. He's a better mom. He's a better. Uh, son, he's a better uh, pastor. He yes. he's he's better than all that, and yes. um, so he's he's the one we emulate, which is kind of the whole point of this the the this these chap this chap these two chapters here of uh, four and five is we are emulating who we are in Christ, for He has awakened us. He has given us a new nature. We are to let's just say imitate God, right? right? We're to imitate Christ. What would Jesus do? Bracelet right. that you had. I thought that was a great illustration on yeah. Sunday. But that, what would Jesus do? So we're emulating the one who's awakened us from death to right. sin and, and, and forgiven us and cleansed us. And then he has awakened, O sleeper, arise from the dead. Uh, you're awakened from death and Christ will shine on you. Now, now I, do, I do want to say this, though. We were joking about not being woke, uh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and right now in the SBC, there's a big political... Uh, not political. What would you describe? How would you describe? Kind that? of. It's kind of you know. There's a, a divide. Lot of, yeah. There's divide. There's there's a lot of uh, sniping back and forth. There's some, um, you know, and no doubt there always need to be concerns. We need to be watching out right. for you know what are we espousing as Southern Baptists, right? Right. But I think there's been some some that have uh, tried to address things that I think we need to address, but then get labeled. Oh, that's woke, right? If we talk because about it's more race, so, it's more socially, it's more social. Looking right? at races, mm-hmm. looking at right, um, and, and mainly around our black brothers and sisters in the SBC or, yes. and around the SBC, right? Right. Um, and if if we if we are truly imitating God, right, mm-hmm. 
walking in love, as this passage goes on to say, as Christ has loved us, you know, looking to Christ, mm -hmm. we're going to look a little woke. In, right. I, I did air quotes. Air can't quotes. Say, yeah. Right. We're gonna we're gonna look a little social justicey as we do stuff. Right. Um. Because of and you may disagree with me on this, but mm -hmm. but because of the fact that we're we're looking out for those who have been hurt, those who have been uh, taken advantage of, and and everywhere we're looking. You know, think think about Jesus at and the woman at the well. Right. Yes. Uh, it's a Samaritan culture. Jews did not like Samaritans. Uh, they thought they were the pit of hell. Uh, whatever. They they hated each other. Not only that, uh, Samaritans didn't like Jews. Uh, that there was fighting back against the Samaritans had their own place of worship. They wouldn't even go worship in the same place right. as the um, the Jews would. And then there's even gender involved right. in that story too. Yeah, like he's like she's not supposed to be talking to, to a man to a man, right? Uh, and Jesus obviously throws that all out the window because those are all man-made rules and regulations that really, in a sense, they they, they are uh, oppressing that women are oppressing right. you know, and they're trying to reconcile race. There is that. It doesn't matter what your nationality, what your race is, is that Jesus engages with this woman and begins to talk to her about about what it means to true worship, right? Right. And and, uh, and he challenges her, right? He doesn't sit there and, and but he listens. He talks. Um, oftentimes she's trying to ask a question or to try to make a statement. Then he kind of says, "No, nah, I'm, I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned right. more about this, right?" But he's not dismissing her he's not even sitting there talking about her past and automatically shutting her down because you have five husbands and the one you're currently you know he's not going through all these things completely shutting her down because of any of this and actually listens to her talks with her but then points her to the truth right. of the gospel and it shows us how how to engage in mm -hmm. conversations absolutely right we just don't dismiss somebody because they're saying something that kind of makes us feel weird yeah uh, for instance i've got a good buddy uh, not a good buddy good acquaintance i, I guess you would rather say um a, he's a, a african-american preacher in columbia and one day he posted something on facebook uh, that I was just like, uh, this this isn't right, mm -hmm. you know, and so I called him up and I I, I said, hey man, I said, what do you mean by this? Mm -hmm. Well, it, I'm just getting a snippet. It was it was a quote from a book. I said, what do you mean by this? Because I haven't read the book, mm -hmm. and the way he explained it made more sense than just taking that direct quote. Sure, and, and it continue the conversation a little bit better than just having um, me just looking mm -hmm. on it, getting mad and typing a long message. Right. And I think that's crucial in our culture today. We need to listen. Sometimes we just have to bite our tongue, take a deep breath, then begin to think about that person and, and to think about what opportunity do I have? Sure. Stand on what you believe in. Right. In, in, but how can you engage with this person in a way? And like you talked about in your sermon, and I think here as we're walking through this is, can I have a discussion with somebody 
in what I say to them, whether it's face-to-face or on social media, wherever it might be. And then I think we reiterated this a few times already, but can I share the gospel with them mm-hmm. after that conversation? Um, and I think we could do a better job as Christians, especially in our culture today, to kind of sometimes just observe, shut up for a minute, and then really listen. Doesn't mean you have to agree. Doesn't even mean that you know, and that you can't come back and have that discussion, show varying viewpoints. But I think we do such a poor job of that right now that we take things like that, like you saw that quote, and you've run with it, and you've kind of got really angry about it, and then you did, but there may be something going on. And that's kind of the thing about where our culture is, news channel, I mean, you know, 24-hour new, news cycles. It's often snippets. Mm-hmm. It's often they take somebody's words, pull it out of a whole big long speech or a context, and then run with it, and then don't let that person have the opportunity. Talking heads, too. It's just yelling back and forth rather than, how can I sit over a cup of coffee with somebody or sit around the dinner table with somebody that doesn't agree with me, right. but I can have a legitimate conversation, hear them out, give my point of view and then come out of that and go, yeah, we may not agree wholeheartedly about this, but it was a conversation we can have and that it wasn't angry and we can walk away still being able, as I walk out of that place, I can go walk up to that person later on and go, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And not them go, I hate to be around that person. Right. I don't want to be around that, that person that, that just shut me down. So yeah, that might make us a little woke. I don't know. A, a little instance of that too. Um, I th- I think well is finding the context in which they're saying this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we all have different means in which we grew up. Whether we're from rural, from the city, from uh, this area, that area, and just putting ourselves in their shoes is showing empathy mm-hmm. for for um, something. Now now some people will say we shouldn't show empathy, mm. um, but. Our Savior empathizes with us that he, he came in the form of a man and he was tempted as we are tempted in every single way. Yes. I, I, th- I think that shows the ultimate empathy. We're also called to have compassion for one another. And that compassion, uh, uh, as we see in Jesus in the Gospels, is generally like a, a compassion that fo- uh, comes from the bowels, mm-hmm. comes from inside deep inside of us yes it's a deep compassion that he has for people mm-hmm. so part of what we need to do too is you know contextualize with the culture and with what they're saying yes um one of the craziest books i read that made me absolutely tear up is frederick's Douglass autobiography mm-hmm. um as he talks about growing up not only his uh harriet uh, what's her name down here in Edenton? Truman? Truman. Yeah. Diaries of a Slave Girl. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, it just brings tears to my eyes uh, of the wretchedness and sin uh, that was going on right. uh, ar- around, the, around people. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them used the name of Christianity right. to, to do it. Um, another, another one that, um, is, is, was a good read is Lamel Haynes. I'm studying him for a paper right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he was a, a black man and a Puritan preacher 
and just some of the issues that he had to go through. He, he didn't have a formal education because he couldn't because he was black, you mm-hmm. know, um, and God still used him and, and just different things like that. Right. Not only with it, the social justice uh, mantra normally goes with black Christians and, uh, and with white Christians. Right. But it, if, if we do the same with our Hispanic brothers and sisters, our Guatemalan brothers and sisters, our uh, brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, you know, if, if we do that same with them to kind of understand their viewpoint coming into it and doing all this, not minimizing what Scripture says, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's conversations to be had. Right. Um, and then sometimes that's going to have to cause us to even have to endure, I think, some. You're going to have people that have those really, again, I think they're, they're wrong assumptions that, you know, like what we're dealing with in, in culture is that you're inherently racist because of the color of your skin. Right. right? And you may have to hear that for, mm-hmm. for a minute before you're, but you have to, sometimes you're just going to have to get, all right, I, I'm going to come around that. And I'm up, yeah, it kind of make you a little angry. And mm-hmm. probably right, I feel like you're just going to make an assumption I'm, I'm racist. But how do you kind of bite the tongue at that moment and then kind of still, okay, well, I'm still going to invest this person. I'm going to show them, I want to show them the love of Christ and then show that, you know, it might take some work for me to kind of consistently be in their life and consistently show them that that's not the case. Right. Uh, and that might have you to say, instead of getting real angry at that moment uh, and just kind of, Stop for a minute and be like, okay, obviously there's something that this person has gone through. Again, whether to have that belief is right or wrong, again, I don't think that's the right belief to have, but how can I get around, you know, sometimes that takes a, a part of us to kind of just humble ourselves for a minute for, for and, and engage with that person in that. So that doesn't necessarily mean we say, hey, this kind of mentality is good and okay to, to say things like that, but how can I... At least, and I think the biggest thing that I've realized is that you're not going to make a difference on a on a Facebook national news post with your comment. No, you know what you're going to really make a, 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 a is locally building relationships locally. I think a lot of times we have this like great big grand view. I can change the world with my with what I with what I say. You're not going to change your world, but you can change relationships that you are mm-hmm. having with one on one with people. Right. Um, so. That's just you know uh, things that we're I, I think we're thinking about. But so let's let's kind of get back to the text a little bit. Mm. Uh, Paul says, uh, but sexual immorality, all impurity, covetousness that must be not named among you as proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For mm. you may be sure of this that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetousness as an idolater, has no inheritance to the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For at one time you were in the darkness, but now you are in the light, in light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But they, but when anything is exposed by a light, it becomes visible. And for it, 
for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. As Paul is walking uh, through a little bit more of these takeoff put-ons, uh, all characterizing the imitation of God, he, he goes through and says sexual immorality is bad, impurity is bad, covetousness bad, filthiness, foolish talk, rude joking, um, everyone who's sexually immoral or impure, covetousness has no inheritance to the kingdom of God. Let them not deceive you with the empty words. And then he goes on saying, verse 7, do not become partakers with them. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and we, we have to take that, verse 7, do not be, become partakers with them. How do we take that in a, in a means in which we're called to be around sinners? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we just seclude ourselves and hold up in the church? Or what does that kind of look like? So from what I'm studying, one of the big things that kind of one of the big uh, kind of driving points of this is that we are children of light and that light naturally exposes the darkness. And then the way that we live, when and, we live this let, way, let's, let's define that a little bit though. Mm-hmm. Light and darkness. Right. We're children of light. What does it mean to be a child of light? Ultimately, Clearly, it's to have been awakened by that verse 14. Mm-hmm. You're awakened by Christ. The light of the world is Jesus himself. He mm-hmm. has uh, risen us from death to life uh, through his death, burial, resurrection for those that put their faith and trust in him. You know, right. It's the gospel. The gospel makes you part of the children of light. The okay. Old nature's dead. Your new nature now. So you are now children of light. That is your identity. And that those that are these things, then as they walk in the light, these things we've been talking about for the last two chapters, uh, a chapter and a half, and continuing on through the rest of Ephesians, when you live out this way, you will naturally be exposing the darkness by the way you live because you will be living counterculturally. Right. So as you walk in the light... You're walking in righteousness and holiness. Right. And it will expose... Now, I think there needs to be dual. It needs to be by living and by also proclaiming. But right. there needs to be both. But you will be naturally, as your identity is walking this way, you're not doing these things anymore. Mm-hmm. That's your old ways, right? You're not living sexually immoral. You are not uh, impure. You're not uh, coveting. You're not having filthy talk. You are being thankful. You are um, uh, you are walking with as light. You are then exposing the unfruitful works of darkness because you are contrasting radically against what the old nature is, the world okay. is. So you are in that, in people, in in some of the commentators talking about, will notice that. Now again, not just living a right life is will make somebody a christian mm-hmm. like you can't just you know the whole idea preach the gospel use words necessary uh, according to whatever it, it, it attributed to frank saint francis of assisi right that assisi assisi, assisi. and that's <laughs> that is a bad view of gospel proclamation it needs to be both that word and deed proclaim as we are the light exposing that darkness so we Yes, call out what's in, but then we live out, hey, this is the better way. Right. And, and expose the darkness. And then it causes people in verse 13, but when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. That that darkness then is exposed and eradicated with the gospel light in our lives and then through our proclamation and then Jesus working and arising that person from the dead. They then become visible. They then become light who were once in darkness. Mm-hmm. So that kind of signifies the um, outward look from the church outward. Well, what about the church inward? Yeah, so 
implications for this would be as you're living in the light as God's people uh, that not church membership is important because uh, what we're trying to do as a church is uh, we believe in regenerate church membership. So as we believe in regenerate church membership, uh, those that are truly regenerated and are part of the body of Christ will then live this way. Um, there should be some expectations for the church that we live and walk in the light. As we are, are in the light, we walk in the light. And then that when there, we, this, that these things shouldn't be named among us, right, among the saints. And then because of that, if there are those that it is named among and they are not, and what we're talking about is these, they, they, will, have, they will have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. This is talking about people that are, um, not that when you fall into sin that you're just not saved anymore, but that are continually, habitually, like the description of their lifestyle is that of sinfulness and wickedness. That, in that case, is a red flag to say that the church then walks as light and exposes the darkness and they don't have anything to do with that. What that means is, is that they would then enact church discipline, which means that you would um, go to that brother or sister, you would call them to repentance through the Matthew 18 kind of way of going about that. You know, you confront them and then if they don't, you bring two, uh, two or more to come and confront them again. If they don't repent there, then... Uh, you would go to that last step of having to, to you need to repent before the church. And if you don't, then you're removed from membership. That doesn't mean that you don't, um, they're no longer part of the body as a member, but, uh, you know, that doesn't mean they can't come to worship and to hear the gospel and those types of things, but they're no longer a, a, a member of the body. They're no longer serving. They're no longer voting in the matters of the church. And, and that is important because as light, uh, Paul says, have nothing to do with that because the body is supposed to be a reflection of Christ. And when there's wickedness in the body and that there's that, you know outright sin in that regard, uh, that is a tarnishing upon the witness of Christ. And, and even with church discipline, it's, it can sometimes be seen in a negative light, mm -hmm. right? It's uh, the people are getting removed from membership, uh, excommunicated, taken away from communion at the table, uh, which is part of our membership. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it could be taken in a bad light. It, the purpose of church discipline is not to kick somebody out of the church, mm -hmm. as that's often what is thought of. Uh, from the moment you begin church discipline, starting Matthew 18, that first thing that you talked about with going to them one-on-one, -on -one, the whole point is for them to repent and be reconciled. Mm -hmm. That's that's the whole thing. That's uh, it. From yeah. beginning to end, the hope is there, there to be reconciled. And even Jesus says at the end to treat them like a Gentile and a tax collector, that doesn't mean that you kick them out of the church and you when you pass by, you shun them, you don't even look at them. No, what do we do to Gentiles and tax collectors? Preach the gospel. We preach the gospel to them. Mm -hmm. We call them to repentance. Mm -hmm. We seek after them. Right. That that's the, It's a loving means of, one, preserving the unity and holiness of the church, and, two, it it's seen in bringing that person to Christ. And then also just going, rolling back into the text you were in, when... If and they if they do repent and they do ask for forgiveness, we forgive them immediately. Right. 
be kind of one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. So we have the mentality, this is not of anger, this is not of hatred toward the person, but for their good. Right. And then when they do, you know, confess their wrong and that we forgive immediately. Right. You know? um, and, and that doesn't mean that they're automatically, if they held a leadership position, they're put back into a leadership position. Right, correct. That doesn't mean that they're automatically... Um, they're, they're good in the eyes of the church, but there's still a process, an ongoing process of repenting mm-hmm. of reconciliation through that, depending on the situation sure, that, that it comes from. Yeah, so that, that, that is um, the kind of the, I think the whole idea here is this is part of the walking in love and having that, that when we expose the darkness, it's not to... Um, not to cause hatred or harm to people, but it's exposing the unfruitful works of darkness so that people are awakened to their sin, uh, to repent and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that can happen outside the church as we live out, but also can happen inside the church mm-hmm. too. Um, and that those that um, are in these in these things that we've talked about in this text, they need to turn from that and to uh, be awakened, you know, get woke. Get woke. Get woke. So, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Mm-hmm. So, from now on, if you're a parent of a kid, or uh, if if you wake somebody up, use this verse. Yes. Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, Christ to shine upon you. That's shine it. Upon you. That's it. That's a beautiful way to wake somebody up. Mm. Uh, also, it can depend on your tone. Like, if you're yelling this, to awake, O sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming at your kids. <laughs> hey, I'm just doing what Deuteronomy says. I'm putting the scriptures in front of the in front of my kids at all times. That's, right? it. That's <laughs> it. Eat eat your heart out. Be still and know. That's you it. Know? <laughs> uh, well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And even when we talk about uh, different things going on in the church, such as. Uh, getting woke or church discipline or uh, Ephesians chapter 5. I'm sure you'll uh, do well this week uh, preaching it. Um, and by the time we hear this, or it will come out, you'll, you'll been done. done. Like all the all of the prep has been accomplished. It's kind of like God. we're anticipating Christ Antici- to return. Mm, that's good. Right? Amen. You, you're going to continue to work hard, but you know the finished product. That's it. Your preaching won't be better than this particular podcast. That's it. <laughs> yeah, right? The analogy has to fall somewhere. It does. And as you're anticipating the next podcast, how about you do us a little favor? Share it with your friends and family. If you've listened this far. If you've listened this far. We, 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 we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, right. we'll know if you didn't listen this far. If, if there's no sharing of the podcast. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Right? It's simple as going to the Facebook page, hitting that share button, or you can copy the link, post it to your Facebook page, say, listen to these two goofballs talk about something. Something. Um, it. So, uh, but we do this podcast like we do everything else. To, to the, the praise, praise of his glory. glory. made it you made it all the way past the end look at you music's done stopped look at us they're, they're cleaning the tables it's it's over with it's over with what are you doing here? what are you doing but you should be glad that you're here 
Because if you come to me, show that you shared the podcast on uh, some kind of platform, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, what's the new one President Trump came out with? Or former President Trump came out with? I don't, remember I don't know. Or, it, uh, or, I don't remember. You don't remember? The name of Instagram. Parlor? Is it Parlor? No, it's not Parlor. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Come with. Come to me. Show show that you shared the podcast and also bring uh, code word Athanasius. You got to have the Athanasius. Like, I'll be ecstatic if you come and show me you shared it. But I, I need to know that you made it Prize. to the end. Athanasius. Prize. That's exciting. It is exciting. Do you know what the prize is? Uh, I want to know. The prize is 